Let's start this shit up. Okay. Up, 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 up. All right. Am I throwing you off? Nope. Didn't think so. Banana. Banana. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We are freaking back, you Welcome guys. Welcome to the reunion podcast. I will say this. I don't think I've seen you since August 2019 when you came to Silver Lake. Oh boy. We did not overlap any holidays because there was the high school, the five year high school reunion, which you didn't go to. Oh, yeah, I was in Montana. Which, by the way, if that had been this year, I would have come through with the vaccine. There's <laughs> no way. There's no way that I would have missed the five year reunion because we went to high school with very interesting people. I think I think we are the only two people that care about attending our five year reunion. That's true. And I you think didn't we even go. are. I was guys. This is Shots like This is embarrassing to admit, but like I was actually bummed that I couldn't go. I was like, bummed you didn't go too. I but was I, genuinely bummed. But it was I also knew that the people that I wanted to be there wouldn't be there. Does that make mm, sense? Yes. Like, I'm looking for, like, the C-list celebrities, not the A-list celebrities. Hmm. Like, that's who I'm looking for. I want to connect with the person that sat behind me in, like, you know, math class. Like, I don't... There were a good amount of different types of people, but I think outgoing people gravitate towards outgoing people and that's just like the way that society works we live in a we live in a society we live in a society but i think that like there were definitely like a there was a wide variety of people but they all like separated to their own table like it was definitely like still the same dynamic as like high school like lunch that's tables. a bummer yeah i wanted the alcohol to be the great equalizer <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and because usually like when i do go out in my hometown like we just had Thanksgiving. We're recording this the Monday after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So like usually that, what is it? Blackout Wednesday? Yes. That's honestly what I'm such a, I'm such a person who peaked in high school because that is like one of my favorite. I used to specifically nights. keep these two bodysuits. I actually just gave them away, but I had these two bodysuits that I literally save to wear to Blackout Wednesday because yeah. I would wear them with leggings and yeah. it's like the perfect thing to wear. I will say you, your height astounds me. Like I haven't seen you. We've been friends for like eight or nine years now and it's always been i'm five three and a half and you're five ten and a half a solid seven inch height difference which i believe in by the way but what do you mean you believe in like with dating i just believe in like a seven inch height difference i think that that's i have like- to concur <laughs> <laughs> i've experienced that and i have to concur and i also think that you are like if i were gay and i were dating women i would want my girlfriend to be your height yeah like I love resting my arm on your shoulder. Yeah, that is such a that has always been one of our things. Yeah. It's just interesting because I have been dating guys in like here and there in L.A. And every single guy lists their height as 5'10". And uh-huh. I can tell you, unless you are like a different breed of 5'10", they are all lying. There's no thank, way. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> Again, talking about great equalizers. I am the great equalizer. Yes. Ladies, if you need to know what 5'10 is, <laughs> I am 5'10 and I have no reason to lie about it. If anything, I would hype myself down. I don't. I just say I'm 5'10 because yeah. I want every man that meets me to expect me to be 5'10. Yeah. It benefits me 0% if I say I'm like 5'9 and then I show up and I'm, and they also say that they're 5'9. Uh, and you're a And I show five, up ten. and I'm like two inches taller than yeah. them. Yeah. Because I, I want to believe that men like self-select mm. like on dating apps, like they'll see my height's 5'10 and if they're comfortable and they're 5'7, they're comfortable dating a woman that's taller than them. Great short, for them. Short kings can't be stopped. That's I, for sure. I do not discriminate against short kings. I just think that most short, like most short men don't want to date a taller woman. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't really. I just know that when I, when I date, I think men definitely, there's definitely a type of man that gets insecure about being like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, because then like you're not 5'10", because I have my best friend of t- almost 10 years is 5'10", and I can tell you that you're not 5'10". I know. But you'd be surprised. I actually lie about my height on, um, especially when I was like trying to 
like filter out people because I just know like I'm like if we're if I'm short and you're short that's just terrible it's a terrible why outcome. I just don't like it I want to be a short power couple I want there to be like some variety but I lie and put my height as like five five or five six to weed out uh, the short kings and it doesn't work what do you mean you've gone on dates with someone that's shorter than you no 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 but like I will match with people who um who end up being short kings and I always think that us being the same height will like frighten them and it doesn't and I do think too that like well to be honest like to, to be honest it shouldn't right right like it shouldn't it shouldn't scare you I guess <laughs> but it shouldn't but like I hear what you're saying yeah I'm just like wow if there's one thing I've learned from da- dating around in LA for the last two years that I've lived there it's that all men just enjoy film and have flat feet there's nothing more oh my to god it. but that's like half of me I won't tell you which half <laughs> god oh my god oh my god i'll also say that if there's another thing that i've picked up on on personally and i don't know if this is just a friend circle thing or because like one of my friend's girlfriends she's turning 31 and she was freaking out about it and i was like no not, she's freaking out about 31 not 30 no she's freaking out about 31 because she was like i'm officially like a geezer and i was like dude 31 is the hottest age i will tell geezer. you this I, I hardly know. know her. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> Getting back into the podcasting wow. world. <laughs> wow, wow. It's all about the peanut gallery comments. But yeah, I'm just like, I think that 31 is the hottest age. Mm. And I'm I'm only Prime thinking number. about age. Yeah, I'm only thinking about age because I'm turning 25 soon. And by the way, because I was born in January, I was like, my birthday was like the last. I'm sure you know this too because your birthday is in February. Like, yeah. my birthday was the last thing that any of my friends did before quarantine yes. happened. Yes, Sarah, let's talk about it. Yeah, it was like crazy. That's so weird. We both share that. Yeah, like my my birthday guys is february 28th i'm the day like before the leap before, year right? and my birthday i had a birthday brunch because look at me well you can't look at me because it's a podcast <laughs> but like come on like birthday brunch <laughs> you all know that's just fitting so i had a birthday brunch with all my friends and it was the sunday it was sunday february 28th and then i went mm. to utah for a business trip for a training that monday and that monday our chro sent out an email that was no like more. we're done traveling and i was already in utah and i was having a panic attack because yeah. i was just like how what, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. So I lit- it was literally the last event. So all my friends can share that. They're like, yep, that was the last and thing that we can remember. The, the other thing too that's interesting is that like we were lucky that we had our birthdays, our 24th birthdays at yeah. that time because like 24 <laughs> in LA, that is the last year that you get to like be hot in LA. Yeah. And then once you turn 25, you kind of filter yourself out of like the pool of hot people. Oh, you God. start to become like old. Like 25 is like 30 in LA for women. And 31 is... I think what I'm talking about hot, I mean, for like for men, like 31 is like you no longer have to compromise like a bed frame. Like you definitely yeah. have a bed frame. Yeah. Like, it's a really wonderful place to be for a guy. But yeah, no, I'm like I have memes literally saved in my phone about being 25 because I'm like stressed <laughs> and it's like coming up because it's in January. It's and like coming up. I'm literally like I like my friends. We've gone through with quarantine, like the phases where it's like we're in lockdown and then like, oh, we're going to like try like everything. You develop a pod. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Not a podcast. Any other creative outlet. Maybe you bring back the pod after two years. And then I meant like a quarantine pod of friends. Oh, my God. (laughs) But that those are both quarantine activities. Either either, which which one are you? And you can tweet us or (laughs) comment on our Instagram. Which one are you? During the quarantine, do you create a podcast or you create a friend pod? That was said. Because I can tell you right now, I don't have any friends. So I did the former. (laughs) I I feel like I was very laissez-faire at one point. I was just getting tested very often, but I was kind of just like, la-di-da. Like, I also think, too, that like... When you live, I live in such a small apartment and I know that you guys who follow me on Twitter have heard about my very interesting, yeah, my very interesting housing antics that I've gone through, but it was getting to a point where like, I know that no one's comfortable living at home, but it was like, it was too tense to just like 
constantly be in this like very like toxic situation so I was like well I'm just gonna like be safe and like try to go about it but like it's just very interesting going through the different phases and like we like my friend London had a birthday in June and like her birthday was really fun it was like a bigger group of people maybe like closer to 10 my friend Sadie just had a dinner and we like it was like this was the night that the 10 p.m like curfew got put into place before indoor dining Mm -hmm. indoor dining stopped and they were like, you cannot have more than like five people. You can't have more than five people. Yeah. And you have to leave at 10 o'clock. Yeah. And she was very limited with what she could do for her birthday. And yeah. obviously now we're in lockdown. My friend's birthday is um, Christmas Eve. And I'm like, we're just not going to do anything. Because like, yeah. I also have learned about myself that I, and I'm sure you understand this because you've been going to Montana, but like, I can't move in secrecy. I just can't do it. I can't not post. Nope. I cannot bring myself to do it. People are like, don't post. And I'm like, but I have, I'm like clenching my fist. Like I have to post. I can't have anything in secrecy like yeah we live our lives like extremely publicly yeah like I don't know why I never had a fear of oversharing maybe it's because like I don't know my parents didn't like love me enough I don't know (laughs) (laughs) I just like I'm not even afraid of like scrutiny and guilt because I don't have a moral conscience and I do believe that I do things in a way that like I can defend if need be but like what does that make you like chaotic neutral I'm neutral evil yeah that's what i remember we talked about before neutral yeah. evil but i guess that would make me chaotic good or it's, chaotic yeah because i'm doing something bad but i have like like i like tested negative before and after and i generally do keep my circles pretty consistent like i don't like i don't i try not to see people who like aren't in my circles already right but, but yeah, like it's like here's the thing is it's also a good barometer it's like if you are scared <laughs> to post something yeah it's probably a fucked up thing yeah that's like so if true. you are scared to post that you're going out to something you probably shouldn't do that thing, guys. Right, 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 right. So, like, when I'm posting something, and it's funny because it's, it's like, really tells you so much, especially about influencers. It's, like, if they're posting about their Friendsgiving with 23 people, you know that they are, they, they not only are okay with going to that, they think it's so okay they're willing to have everyone else know yes. that they're doing that. Right. So, it's, like, you, you fully well know where their boundaries are. Yeah. And you get to decide what you're comfortable with with influencers, right? Like, what is your limit with, like, how batshit crazy they get yeah but it is really interesting it is it's been it's been a really weird time and i i've literally been so affected by this that i like have talked to my therapist about it before where i'm like i just feel guilty i feel guilty i feel guilty and it's so interesting because the best advice she ever gave me was and this was too like obviously in favor of me and not in favor of the fact that we're in a pandemic but she was like you know you don't have to accept other people's judgments if you feel like you constantly have to defend yourself she was like if you ever received a piece of mail that wasn't for you you just literally write return to sender and you Whoa. send it back. And I was like, my head literally exploded. That's I was a, like, that's a lawful good person that sends it I, back. <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm not like secretly opening their Amazon packages. And <laughs> I'm like, I don't send it back. When I was in SF, I just we would just, oh, I would, we would just like, I wouldn't do that. We would like collect it all. And then we would just walk it down to the person on like Green Street and we just drop it in their mailbox. Oh, that's sweet. No, yeah. like I've asked my landlord before for like information on like what to do and he literally just leaves me on red so i just started throwing it away and it's always garbage too landlords <laughs> but yeah like i i think that like that like return to sender her just being like i i really like that i just i i do not accept yeah. your opinion Sarah, that is like the therapized comment that gets to gets to live on twitter and go viral <laughs> And I feel like with my therapist, she never gave me any of those golden nuggets mm-hmm. that were worth repeating. Mm-hmm. Every time that I was in like a mental illness like mode, she, uh, that's a horrible thing to say. Anytime <laughs> that I was like experiencing depressive symptoms, I guess I'll say, is that she would just say, oh, just just take in your journal and write down um, on a scale of negative five to five if you're feeling like anxious or depressed. Wow, that's so quantitative. And just rate it. And I was like, okay. That was her like only piece of advice. 
And so I, I did that and like helped moderately, but nothing was like a resounding piece of advice I could take with me in life. I will say this. My therapist, I found her through BetterHelp, by the way, yeah. which I highly recommend if you need any referral. I get a free week. So if you want that link, let me know. But um, that's she kind is, of beautiful. She, yeah. She, do they get a free week if they do? They get a free week and I get a free week. So okay. we should link that somewhere. But she's actually like a children's therapist because she works in a school. And at first I couldn't <laughs> get along with her because she would always Sarah say Sarah like, Mary goes to a child's therapist. <laughs> she would, you know, she would say therapist like, for kids. There was a time when my therapist would always give me really corny advice like mm-hmm. shoot for the moon and then you'll land among the stars she did not say that she, yeah no she did and she fully meant it and i remember like she, like gives you a pillow with that like cross stitched on it. oh yeah yeah <laughs> i rolled my eyes so hard at that i like had a headache after. No, it was <laughs> cringy but i think that sometimes like when i'm just being literally ridiculous she's very grounding and anchoring to like just be more like mindful and i think that i think that that's my like most beautiful takeaway of quarantine or like 2020 has just been like literally why are you even thinking about things Aside from like what you're doing right now. I like think about that all the time and it was very, very grounding. So for that, I'm very grateful to have a therapist. Mindfulness is actually wild. It is. Sometimes like when I'm staring at the car window and I'm like looking up at the stars, I'm like, I'm very present right now. And that is mindfulness. I feel like mindfulness is so vague. Yeah. People just say that as like, you should be more mindful. But it's like, what does it actually mean? Yeah. But it really just is being present in the moment and just like really centering yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad your therapist has had some good. I almost want more of the corny advice. Yeah, I think it depends. There's definitely been times when I'm actually stressed about my appointments because I'm just like, I literally don't like sometimes another thing, too, is like sometimes I just don't want any feedback at all. I just like want to rant about something. Yeah. and I don't want her to like say anything. You don't and, always want advice. No. And yeah. That's the thing. Well, listen, guys, later in the podcast, yeah. we do have an advice segment. It is solicited advice yes. because you guys submitted it to us. Yes. So we're not just giving advice. Um, out of yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cause that's, that's, it really does suck yeah. when someone's like giving you advice. You're like, I don't need that. Yeah. Like it's that's not what I'm asking for. for sure. I'm just asking for, do you hear me out? Yeah. So that's like a new level of emotional intelligence for everyone to get to. Yes. Like it's it's hard sometimes hard to get there because I catch myself even like Wanting, giving recommendations yeah, of like, like oh what about fix. this what about this but it's like you don't always need to do that. Yeah, like sometimes I just want to rant about like actually one of my most most beautiful um, relationships that I have is just me and my one friend. We just rant about like things that we that happen to us day to day like maybe like conflict with a roommate or something like that and it's like what is anyone gonna do aside from like what you and your say roommate have to hash out like it's it's mm-hmm. just you're just bickering about it because it's like it's just upsetting in the moment and I think that like there's something to be said about just like getting it out there and then just being like huh, okay going back to like my job or like whatever and like not having to like worry too much about like oh what is the solution yeah that I have at hand well that's like the thesis of therapy right is right. like they're not always supposed to be suggesting the ways to change your life yeah. it's just like literally letting you voice everything you're saying and sometimes you work it out yourself yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. very moving yeah i'm in the market for a new therapist i like ghosted my last one which is how like, did you do that we like mutually ghosted each other where did you just cancel your subscription that's what i would do no it wasn't <laughs> so like it wasn't through better help my okay, company okay. has like basically free therapy sessions mm. and you can hack the system mm. because it's 10 free sessions per topic oh my so you god you can start out like my first topic is relationship issues my second topic is like job crisis mm. my third so you can just keep rotating through them and my therapist like when we end our sessions she would always just be like okay do you want to set up your next appointment now or do you want to just text me when you want it when you want it Oof. and so the way we left it because I was kind of we were kind of going through like a not a not like a riff but my sister's in um graduate school for psychology if you guys didn't know That's which amazing. why oh would you God. know if you'd watched you know I didn't one know that. of my, one of my videos a catherine <laughs> out deep cut but um so she was telling me about how the most important thing and predictor of success in therapy is your 
alliance with your therapist Mm. and your alliance is like how much you are confident in the fact that they like have your back they understand you Mm -hmm. like no holds bar like you can say anything to them And I think our, like, alliance just kind of broke down where, like, I stopped believing that, like, she would really understand me. Oh, my God. And this is also where it's important with uh, – people might not give a shit about any of this, but <laughs> I think it's really interesting, so I'm going to talk about it. Let's go for it. But my sister is taking a class in multiculturalism, and she's going to UW, um, and her cohort is really diverse. Mm. So she's going to school with indigenous folks, with queer folks, mm. with, like, non-binary folks. So she has, like, a really, really um, – multicultural like perspective anyway why that's important is that like you want to go to a therapist that understands you yeah so like if you are a communist you want to have a therapist that understands that like a lot of your issues and like your view of the world is um is based on your political identity i actually when i was looking for a therapist i so i don't know I knew that for me, because on BetterHelp, you can filter. Uh-huh. I knew I wanted somebody non-religious just because when I studied yeah. philosophy, that was really important to me to not interject like religion with like yeah. my rational train of thought. And I really wanted someone who was Asian. That was really, yeah. really important to me. And I never, I've never been like, oh, I have to see like an Asian haircutter or an Asian like blah, 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 blah Asian therapist or Asian tutor, therapist, God. But for, th- <laughs> for, for, for tutors for, are therapists. <laughs> God, yeah, literally. But for therapists, I remember like the fact that it was an option. I was like, wow, like that actually probably will make a huge difference in like my allegiance is that what you said or alliance, alliance? Allegiance. i like allegiance though i pledge I allegiance allegiance. to my therapist of the united states of america <laughs> holy hell pledging allegiance was bullshit oh that was some when i see it on tv i'm literally That's like some nationalistic mania like, what is like, that? why do we do that I pledge allegiance to this ass oh my I almost god something up. <laughs> i pledge allegiance to your ass okay <laughs> <laughs> and that's that on that follow her on instagram at iomu but um what i was gonna say is that ellie mm. one of our friends her therapist one of ellie's like problem maybe i shouldn't share this for ellie but i think it's okay mm-hmm. she was because it's pretty generic but she was basically like talking to her about like her like issues and like um with the environmental crisis Mm. like it's very stressful when you start thinking about the state of the environment and like where that's going like a lot of us are in that mode where you can just go down a tunnel and you spiral Mm -hmm. and her therapist's response that was genuinely like oh it's not as bad as you think like it's really all going to be okay and it's like if you believe that you don't you frankly don't understand like the state of the environment like we are running out of time people Mm -hmm. so the fact that her therapist didn't like resonate with her stress it's like that kind of breaks down the relationship so she stopped stopped having that alliance with her because it was like your worldview is just so different than mine i think too with because we're in quarantine like I the fir- the first two sessions I did on BetterHelp were chat, which was really weird, and then I did a phone chat. call it, over chat. It was super weird. It was it's like live, customer service, but it's like it's live help. chatting. I'm having it's, issues. It's live chatting, so it's like they can see you as you're typing. It's not like you press enter. It's very odd, and it what? keeps like a log. And I re- I remember like I really didn't like it at like first. Like a stream of consciousness almost. Yeah, and I will say it was too hard over text because I would write things out and then backspace them, but she could see, and then she was always like, "What the heck?" And I was like, "Uh, I just literally can't say it." But it was really, really important for me to do actual video conferencing because being able to like read her facial expressions when I'm talking to her and being able to be like, oh, this is something that she thinks is rational or this is something that she looks concerned about. That was really helpful for me with like, I don't know, like having those context clues to be like, okay, you're listening and you're reacting versus Mm -hmm. like over the phone. I was like, I don't know, like you could be very well zoning out over the phone. Like you very well could be. I don't know. And like that establishing that connection so now i only do video chats with her and it's really really nice like even if i have to go to my car i'll just like video chat her yeah. in my car and it's better than like any other like form of therapy that I, i'm sure in person it would be equally in important. person is a lot better yeah, yeah i yeah. think that's also how our relationship broke down as we started going virtual and mm. it was like we just didn't have the same dynamic yeah 
I think it just has to do with like love languages kind of like it's like they have to just like fulfill your like needs and like it has to work for you and ladies I don't, think don't that- find a boyfriend in 2020 find a therapist <laughs> <laughs> find someone that fulfills you oh in a therapized God. way yeah are you in the right headspace to be dating or should you maybe talk to a therapist first yeah also that was heteronormative of me <laughs> it shouldn't have been Ooh, ladies fair everybody you were trying to find someone that's, that's that damage control yeah. left out <laughs> <laughs> i just i just try to catch myself on that because i realized so like later in the episode we bring on a very special guest yes. who was like very elusive and universally liked mm-hmm. and um i think a lot of the advice we gave was like very like straight so i just yes, it was very straight but <laughs> so also how could i speak on any other right we don't have that perspective yeah yeah, yeah. but maybe one day we'll bring on a guest and it'll be really fun yeah um i want to pivot to Disney adults. Oh my god. That was a hot topic that we both were like we need to like just get right into it. I think that we have like a and I hate to like toot our own freaking horns here, but like I think we have unique you know position on this cuz a lot of you if you follow us might see us as Disney adults. So one of my it's so interesting, one of my old coworkers, she and I are really good friends and we still hang out cuz we're actually neighbors. And I was trying to explain to her because when I was in my corporate setting, I was very corporate, like pencil skirt and all um booty equals out no <laughs> but that's um, Sarah 2018 I, <laughs> I was trying to kind of explain to her where my Instagram grew from and I mentioned like Disney influencer and she mm-hmm. like could not wrap her head around it and was like what does that mean like did you go to events and I was like no so like when we were in college like 2015 was like our freshman year it started to be a thing where you would like go to Disneyland and like take pictures like lifestyle pictures yeah. and it wasn't like oh I'm in front of I'm in front of the castle it was like I'm coordinating with like a wall it was yeah. just like it sounds psycho but it, it was does. like it was like free PR for Disney and it became like a popular thing and having gone to school in a very like middle of nowhere kind of town yeah. of Radlands I was like I'm going to go to Disneyland Dirty 909 the Dirty 909 <laughs> and it's so random that you went there like it truly it's so random I was going to Joshua Tree and we passed Redlands and I was like, did you flip them off for me? No, but I could not believe that I drove out there and like visited you and like that ever happened. And you took the train once. Oh yeah. I think multiple times I took the train. I love some public trains. I actually just tangenting really quick. So I had like a, some actually going back to my therapist, she was like, if you're struggling with like your artistic vision, you should have like an artist date with yourself. It was like amazing. So I went to Orange County. I went to a beach. I literally popped out my tripod and just like stunted at the beach, did a photo shoot, like literally did not give a fuck because I was like, who the hell is going to question me? And then a girl literally ran up to me and was like, hi, influencer. And I was like, what? Who the hell are you? And it ended up being a girl who's a freshman when I was a senior who goes to Redlands, who is now the ASUR president. Um, yeah crazy and so it was interesting because when we were talking obviously she's in like this very like student government headspace she's like I want to change this this is this and when I was talking to her being like two to three years graduated I was like to me Redlands is a place that I randomly lived in for four years it and doesn't I never feel like that ever happened it doesn't feel like it ever happened it. like it doesn't align with your like it's like cognitive dissonance for me I'm like that doesn't make sense <laughs> and if you don't know me and maybe you, you can't see who our mutual followers are you would basically never know that I went there yeah like there's no like Redlands alumni paw print emoji no absolutely <laughs> like, none not of that yeah but so going back to the Disney thing it just shifted a lot over the years and it's so funny because when Disneyland closed I remember actually it closed when I was still working at my office in March and I remember having like like I had like an ego death where I was like, oh my God, <laughs> Disneyland has only ever closed on like 9-11 and like one other time. I was like, this is insane. And my coworker was like laughing so hard at me in his baby Yoda shirt. And I was like, shut the fuck up, man. I was like having a crisis. Mandalorian and, ass bitch. And I was like, fuck <laughs> off. And it was so crazy because the Disney influencer culture died. Mm-hmm. Every single Disney account that I followed, pan- like they just like could not survive. They couldn't bring back content. They 
like they, I think they, they all eventually figured out that their content was really cringy and they all pivoted either to lifestyle or they literally gave up. They all had like a heightened moment of self-awareness where they're like, uh, they like reached they consciousness. Peaking. They're, they're like, peaking. They're like, uh, uh, what did I just I'm do peaking, for the I'm last peaking. five years? <laughs> ego death is such, it's so funny that you bring up ego death because I was just reading about that like the other week and just learning about it. Because like how much do you know about ego death? I know that ego death comes from like doing shrooms and having a spiritual experience. Yeah. And basically I think it does, as we were saying, have to do with like, mindfulness and being more present and realizing that like maybe like a lot of the things that you worry about or like maybe things about yourself you just become very hyper aware and then it like kills you yes yeah it's so well because cole sprouse like captioned something with that and i was like <laughs> just like thinking through it i was like ego death i was like oh that sounds cool it sounds like you're like reached a state where like you no longer attached to your ego yeah that's not no, what it is no. at all it's like if you literally get so absolutely zooted mm-hmm. that you like question your own existence yes. basically yeah it's I, I highly encourage you to do a little Google search and like yeah. look it up because it's very interesting. I just tweeted the other day that I think it's absolutely ins- I saw that Vancouver and maybe Oregon was the state. They like they basically made it so drugs aren't like you can't be prosecuted for yeah. like possession or usage yeah. of they drugs. They decriminalize. Yeah, yeah, they decriminalize. Yeah. And I was thinking about it and I was just like shit posting on Twitter and I was like, it is literally insane to me that drugs are illegal. Like, I mean, I'm watching Breaking Bad, so I'm like everything should be legal. Hell yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, it is absolutely insane to me that like you can't just be like, oh, I want to try shrooms and then just do it safely at home and then just be like, wow, I experienced ego death and like now I'm going to be fine. Like there's literally Netflix specials that are like about doing psychedelics and I'm like, yeah. and yet it's like illegal and you can be there's like. There's so many studies about the positive effects for people with like PTSD, like yeah. depressive, like depression. Half of the like, techie people in, in San Francisco, the way that they started out was like doing psychedelics and being yeah. like, holy shit, I'm going to build a computer. Tim <laughs> approach. I saw this tweet that was like, I can't believe people raw dog life without weed. <laughs> <laughs> raw dogged, oh no. <laughs> and then the comment were like yeah i'm a nanny for silicon valley ceos Mm -hmm. and like i can tell you every single one of them are like getting high Mm -hmm. every night and Mm -hmm. i'm like that's totally believable believable because also like just what they do is so abstract but speaking of abstract disney influencer culture is literally (laughs) that was the that was a masterful pivot it really was and i love it talk about train of thought but disney influencer culture like when I tell people there's different types of Disney goers. So there's like people like me who do it for like the fashion. Yes. I used to like I used to be really into like the merchandise. And then I started being like, I'm going to coordinate my outfit with like my ears, which I know sounds really silly. But like that is like <laughs> definitely a genre of like Disney influencer. Then you have like ride goers who are like, we're going to go on Space Mountain seven times today. And that's all we're going to do. I went on Space Mountain 17 times. <laughs> what is that from? Was that just a five second video? That was like pre-Vine. Like yes. that was like a Vine pre-Vine. Yes. If you would get like in a YouTube like rabbit hole and yeah. like just random yeah. stuff. It was like a 17 second YouTube video. Yes. So there's that. And then there's like people from the who, archives. That's a deep cut. Some people like love parades. Like they literally live for the parades. They know like all of the performers. Those like, are the whatever. weirdest people. I'm like, I don't want to watch a fucking parade. Um, but also anyone who can dance impresses me. So I'm like kind of pop off, I guess. Wait. So they watch the parade and they dance? No, no, no. So they like watch the parade and they like stand the performers. Oh. Like they're oh, like, oh, oh, I know oh, that guy oh, personally or like oh, whatever. Whoa. Yeah, That's it's like so crazy. weird. Yeah. And then there's people who go for the food. I used to go for the food, but you also just like drop major dollar signs on food. But like there's just very, there's a lot of like, there's levels to this there's, shit. There's niches. There's levels to the shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because it all boils down to it just being really, really cringy. And I have been on both sides where I'm like, people should like whatever they like. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. But... It's also just very interesting to me how there's no other way for me to put this, but like how deeply people just like stand Mickey Mouse. It's kind of wild because like when you wake up, it's not like you're it's it's kind of culty. You wake up and you're like, you wake up and you're like, why am I supporting a company that like 
laid off like 30,000 cast yeah. members but has made like billions of dollars yeah 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 you know it's yeah. like what kind of institution is this i don't that think I'm people like, think of it in the capitalistic way i think they just think of it as like i uh, disney equals Mickey but Mouse. like disney so benefits from disney influencers yeah like that they literally are lucky they created this like beautifully yeah. manicured park that is aesthetically beautiful and if you disagree with that like you're just frankly Please go wrong. to hell no, like you're just frankly, hell. like it is an aesthetically beautiful place like the music is really well yeah produced like everything is extremely detailed and well thought out and if you don't like you have to agree with that yeah and um and so they create this wonderful environment influencers flock to it and suddenly they have like unlimited free pr mm-hmm. and it's just like but it's like, who are you benefiting? Yeah. Like when you're making Disney content. Yeah. It's like, you're just benefiting Disney. Yeah. You don't, it, there's no thought to it. And I think too that like, it's, I don't know, like it, it's so political. Like I have a friend who actually works in PR at Disney and works with influencers. And like the way that they kind of like reward influencers is all just like based on like fake followers, like fake Whoa. engagement. Like it's all just very political. So they're not like. So like I have friends who are like wonderful creators who like, deserve like all kinds of different attention who like really go above and beyond just for this just for their passion project because they like this park because they like the the franchise and the company will like based on what i know will be like well we don't want to work with you because you don't have eighty thousand followers minimum which really goes to show that like numbers say more than they really should some elitist bullshit right there it's very elitist yeah but yeah i don't know i just think that like now that disney culture is kind of dead and people are becoming like they're having, I guess, the opposite of ego death. They're having, like, extreme awareness. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's, like, kind of Well, saying. talking <laughs> about cringe, like, I don't know if anybody listens or watches ContraPoints, but my friend Sheridan just introduced me to her channel. She has, like, millions of YouTube subscribers. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Like, she was so underground for me. But I started watching her, and she has this whole video, like, a beautifully well-produced video on, mm-hmm. on cringe. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the introduction of cringe and, like, how unfortunate it is now that you have to be so conscious of cringe it's like sometimes you just want to post some fucking cringe and not be judged for it and it's like but you know in the back of your head that Cody Ko and Noelle Miller are gonna roast your ass if they ever come across that you know it's like in the back of my head I'm like every time I rewatch one of my videos or look at my photos I always look through the third perspective like a third person perspective of like if someone else didn't know me and looked at this would they think that I'm like this absolutely normie horrible person or would they think that I like am you know self-aware and whatnot I think you just have to embrace your cringe like I have so many friends who just want to reinvent themselves including me I've done this before too like you want to reinvent yourself you're like I want to have this certain image I want to blah 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 yeah but it's like I think that like there's just certain things that are cringe that are unavoidable because like it's just part of who you are like no matter how you change like you're gonna look back and be like that was so cringe yeah I mean my my love for Disney is like really cringe yeah like I know that people probably look at me going to the park as like a 23 year old like especially in college and we're just like oh my god this girl's like absolutely wild <laughs> like she went to europe for three days 23 i don't yeah. think 23 is as bad as like i have a lot of friends who are in their late 30s yeah like disney goers and i'm like um, well i know that people a lot like it's more common for people to be like why would you go to disneyland over the age of like 12 okay yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Pe- most people are in that camp where they're like why would you go why would you even attend disneyland i would like if you're to take child? this opportunity to plug defunct land which was recommended to me what by is that? one of my friends it is a, a youtube channel and a podcast where they explore the lost pieces of disneyland and walt disney world like old rides that didn't work like kind of like the reputation of disney and it's very interesting because they go into like how up until we were like in the exact age group of like 10 year olds in 2006 like the park was purposefully conditioned to like attract like 10 year old kids yeah. and it was like a family vacation and then they really really struggled because like california adventure was not taking off and then they kind of go into like how 
the 60th anniversary was like game changing for like the types of merchandise they put out the types of audience that they were attracting and what they realized the that like oh influencers are a thing yeah but defunct land i highly recommend it it's i watched it in the beginning of quarantine in like May, march or april but yeah he it's very addicting and it's it's just very interesting because i don't like to take the time to explain it to people all the time but i'm like when you think of disneyland when you were 10 years old it's so different from like the way it is now yeah i think that like if any one of you went to disneyland not that it's open right now mm -hmm. and we're also not picketing outside disneyland asking for it to open like we're not that far deranged right like we're not like (laughs) i'm not like dying inside because i'm not at disneyland right now like i can wait three years to go to disneyland like i'm good like i'm really good but i think if anyone went to disneyland with us and they were skeptical they would have a good time i think they would yeah like i think that people we've brought along with us before yeah maybe we just have youthful spirits Spirits. you know Mm, whatever that means whatever that (laughs) means on the topic of disneyland there's someone that both sarah and i met at disneyland maybe four years ago that has recently come into the zeitgeist and his name is drake campagna (laughs) (laughs) holy hell aka formerly known as drake Drake bell Bell. which like it's so funny because i think ellen degeneres and drake bell both fall into the same category of people that sarah and i we're kind of we were like, always a little like i don't know if that person sits right with us yeah we were like a little bit keen to like oh they're not all that they're cracked up to be and we've definitely talked about this on the podcast before because ellen you told me that ellen notoriously had like a rule from somebody that yeah, you did knew we talk there. about that on we the definitely podcast definitely talked about it on the podcast okay we really predated it yeah. yeah like we knew yeah. that like she had this and we tried to i tried to defend her because it was something like she doesn't like when people make eye contact with her which yeah is off yeah set to, not to re maybe someone just re-listened to all of our podcasts and just heard this 30 yeah, minutes yeah, ago yeah, yeah. but if you haven't which why would you yeah um basically like one of my friends interned at ellen at the ellen show mm-hmm. and she has like a rider or like a clause in like everyone's contracts like if you walk down the hallway with her you can't make eye contact like you can't say hi like mm-hmm. you can't like basically interact with her mm-hmm. and will smith that's his name yes <laughs> my god wow Whoa. will smith has a similar thing i don't and this could just be bogus i know watch just get served. this could be la <laughs> bogus it, it really could served but the ledge as legend has it he has like the same thing with his like his house cleaners where he says like when you're in my home like you cannot address me like you cannot look at me like you mm. cannot like interact with me mm. and the like i feel like it's just so easy to be like oh my god that's absolutely so demonic elitist. yeah it's so demonic and like dehumanizing da, 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 da. and the the flip side of that coin is like well they're they have this entertainer personality which i think that sarah yes. can relate to yes where it's like they are they have to be always on mm-hmm. like when you meet ellen if she's not like ellen mm-hmm. you're gonna flip your shit because you're gonna like have a re reckoning of your entire worldview because you're gonna be like i can who is this you, person i cannot tell you begin to tell you the amount of people who are like they get so excited or like uh, they'll hear about my like the house that I moved out of and they're like, oh, my God, we should live together. And I'm like, the way that I act at home is so different than like the way that you like know me as. Yeah. And it's not a reflection of like I'm being fake. It's just that like I'm not on. Yeah. And then it like it rubs people the wrong way because they're just kind of like, oh, are you like, OK? And I'm like, I'm yeah. fine. I just like I am not like this isn't us at a coffee shop right oh now. Oh, my God. I'd su- I'd such like a crisis with this because like my whole personality my whole identity is attached to being like super enthusiastic, mm-hmm. like super energetic. Mm-hmm. And then I had this like thyroid issue this year, which like now we both weirdly share. Like, yeah, wow. how did that happen? Twinning. And <laughs> twinning with our thyroid <laughs> crisis. Um, and so part of the symptoms of my new chronic illness is like my energy levels were in the toilet. Mm-hmm, and so I had like this, like this state of like depression and like, I didn't want to do anything. I had no energy. I mm-hmm. had no liveliness to me. And mm-hmm. I was like, who am I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I had literally huge identity crisis. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard when you like pin your whole identity to being like an enthusiastic, energetic, like entertaining person. 
there's there's that element and then there's the opposite of that which i would describe as like my older brother he <laughs> he i honestly do we think that zach is listening to this for sure not for yeah sure not. for sure or he not. secretly does and he just doesn't mention it which yeah. is probably a lot of men to be yeah. honest but he's the kind of person where like he likes to be really good friends with his roommates and the way that he acts at home is usually that's actually like, surprising yeah no like the way he acts at home is usually like more so like close to like his no you're socialization. right you're right and he doesn't really like when he's in social settings like when we went to jelena that one time on abbot kenny he was like pretty quiet but like that's yeah. so different than how he acts at home he's very reserved yeah but like he's the kind of person like when he does say something it's like very meaningful yes not not even meaningful but just like relevant it's relevant and it's funny and yeah. you want to hear it yeah yeah but i just i just think it's interesting because like i just think like if zach and i weren't siblings and if we were just like friends who like we say we lived in the trump pent house and yeah USC, which like that that's not trump pence house it's trump, all the trumpets from the marching band trumpet. we lived in one ha- this is so <laughs> cursed you've definitely said this before it's too. so cursed thank god trump cursed. is like you know did not get reelected because like Holy we had this hell. whole 10 person house in la Holy that hell. looked over on the hollywood sign it was like freaking episode of broad city yeah and um we called the trump pent house and then trump Trump is elected and suddenly it's like you had to rename the whole house and we we would call all the women in the trumpet section the trump chicks oh no (laughs) that's come on i literally have shorts that say like trump chicks on them and i'm like holy hell like Little Come on! Did, little did we know that is that is really cringe. yeah. But I think that like if Zach and I lived in that house together and we were just friends, I think he would. I don't know if he would necessarily because he's gonna have strong reactions to anything except for finances. But I think that <laughs> if uh, if he talked to me and I didn't respond like very enthusiastically, I think like with his personality and my personality, he might be like, "Oh, she's like mad." He or, might feel like, hurt. Yeah. yeah, but I'm just like, no, I just like don't like to make eye contact or talk to anyone. And Will Smith actually, Will Smith and Robin Williams they have the exact same personality type as me. So that was like, I think we've talked about this before, yeah. but like I remember when I was 18, like doing this research, like really helped me understand like the kind of like energy that I have. But, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It just like, so there's Ellen and then there's Drake who <laughs> going back to that Drake Bell, who I thought you were talking about Drake, Drake. No, no, no my God. <laughs> oh my God. The only other Drake that there is. I'm like the pedophile no, Drake Bell. <laughs> and it's so interesting because I have met him twice once was on my 20th birthday without trying okay? yeah without trying it's not like we were trying to find him yeah it wasn't like that i've done that with miranda cosgrove don't get me wrong yeah but like, like don't, don't, get, don't get us wrong we are absolutely celebrity clout chasers yes, yes, we worship yes. celebrities to our own fault yeah but but both times that i've met drake drake both drake both a, a celebrity where it's not like you try to find him he actually tries to find you yeah his whole self-worth and like relevancy today is like how many people want to take photos with them yes what, so like, don't t- go to Disneyland. Us, what kind of celebrity would stand like you know when you entered front entrance by the yeah it was in california adventure but like since people know disneyland better you walk in the turnstiles and there's that train station with the flowers yeah he would stand like right there next like fucking sleeping beauty yeah it's like like he was a cast member like he was a fucking princess yeah it's like he was asking for it like he literally wanted people to like validate him and then he got mad which was yeah yeah and then he would like pretend that he was like being uh, and positioned like, uh, yeah because i remember being, i remember like i had a tiara or tiara or whatever and i was like oh my god like i hate to disturb you but it's my birthday like i loved you on drake and josh and in like timmy turner and whatever yeah. and i in, just remember he was, he was in timmy turner he was in timmy turner he played timmy turner what? like the live action timmy turner. yeah oh wait come on not your drake bell knowledge not sucks. in the cartoon no he he played like the live action timmy uh, turner but anyways yeah. my drake bell knowledge just sucks i'm not really ashamed <laughs> of that though <laughs> he like he just was such a jerk about it and i remember being like sorry like i don't want to like cause a whole commotion but like it's my birthday and i just remember he was just like yeah yeah like very dismissive. yeah he was an asshole for sure but it's like 
I, I get that. Like celebrities don't owe us anything, right? No, like they sure. don't. They don't have to be but kind. Then he'll like vlog himself in Disneyland. Th- that's that's that is the that's the contradiction. It's like, what do you want to do here, Drake? Like, right. do you want people to go up to you and you're friendly and it's a good situation, yeah. or do you not? Because yeah. it's like you could very easily just have your. Fr- I don't even know if he had a bodyguard, but no, just have dude. your friends be like, hey, he's got to go. Yeah. Like he didn't have to stand there and just like literally wait for people to berate him. Yeah. It was so weird. But so it's weird because like the whole thing, the whole like conspiracy of the last like week is that people are like, I cannot believe. Where did he move to? Brazil? Mexico. Mexico. He moved to Mexico and changed his name to Drake Campania. Is it Campania or Campana? I don't know if he I think forgot the Enya. Or- <laughs> no, it doesn't have a little like. I want it to be Campania because it just sounds Campania. better. But he rebranded as like a Mexican. Talk about rebranding. He like, rebranded <laughs> as like a Mexican pop star, I think. Yeah. And, then and that, it's like it's trying sh- to like, he's trying to be like transnational. Like he's trying to like, to, like say that he's like from Mexico now or something. Oh my God. So weird. All I know he's is. He's trying to claim like Hispanic like origins really weird so strange i have literally no comment because like i just i i there's certain times when i'm like this celebrity rubs rubs me the wrong way and it's just weird that we've been right about ellen and drake bell yeah it's 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 kind of (laughs) drake (laughs) he's such a contradiction like i just don't understand the man i do understand a rebranding yeah i understand that like i think we've all gone through like rebranding like this year i'm like really going for my crunchy granola aesthetic yeah I want to be this mountain girl like I no longer want to claim any attachment to like city life like yeah. that's where I'm going and yeah. someone did someone did submit an advice question that was like like how to reckon with the feelings that you want to like move to a remote co- like cottage <laughs> I was like that's where we're all at wow but um I wanted to get back to you and Zach because I it just struck into my mind and I don't know if I've talked about this in the pod before mm-hmm. but I love asking people if they met their sibling on the street like do they think they'd be friends with them and most people say no, but I genuinely think that you and Zach would be friends. I think Zach and I would be If you met friends. on the street, which Zach, is very unique. I think Zach and I would be friends, um, but we would be the kind of friends who, like, don't see each other for, like, two years. This is my friendship with Oh, yeah. Oh, anybody. yeah. For sure. That's my relationship with Zach. Like, yeah. Don't I see someone for two years yeah. and then you just pick up. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. It's, it's interesting because I have a younger brother, too, and I'm in the middle, so each two years apart. Baby. And my younger brother and I have a bunch of mutual friends. Like, I'm very – I'm actually close with – not close with, but I have a lot of overlapping friends from his high school. I also have a friend from middle school who is my age who's friends with Ari. But I don't think I would – I don't think Ari and I would really no, be that No, I don't friends. think that you and Ari would be friends, but I do think that you and Zach would be friends. Yeah. Which I is so bizarre. There's like, something about a lot. Okay, not to like roast Zach or like maybe any of the friends I have. But oh, we got we don't got to talk about roasts too. Yes. Oh, <laughs> we need to get into a roast. I was specifically requested to do a roast and I could not do it, but or I chose not to. You do You were it. commissioned to. Do I was a commissioned roast. to do a roast and I said commissioned no. Sarah for your roast. <laughs> um, it's just interesting because like I sometimes feel like okay, so when I was younger, I switched schools a lot and I consequently became really really good at like meeting a lot of new people really quickly i'm like really really good at meeting i'm like a lot of people really like, good at really being quickly. super likable and popular <laughs> well no, but, you're not wrong <laughs> <laughs> but it's just interesting because what i'm trying to say is sometimes i've attracted like people who are really weird like it's always like weird people like yeah and fuck then, weirdos no, <laughs> no i'm just saying like i have a tendency to like attract like weird people who have a hard time making friends because i have a very warm and like outgoing personality and you, people are very drawn to it sarah mary is the most capital letters the most approachable person on planet earth I love this that woman me. and it's like <laughs> i think about this all the time approachability is not something that you can manufacture no? it is something that you were born with like my sister and i share half our dna and she's so approachable mm-hmm. people will go up to talk to her she's like maybe it's just because i and i would say people that people like, come up and talk to me when my body language 
Yes, you could have the meanest RBF and people would still come up to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus me. And maybe it's just the height thing coming back to the 5'10 mm. significance. Maybe it's just that all other tall queens and kings, like, please let me know if yeah. you also get the intimidating comment a lot. Yeah, yeah. But I've never been seen as approachable. I wish I wish I could. It's just weird because like, wouldn't you think that like the gentle giant like is derived Aww. from somewhere? I don't know. Gentle giant. Well, there are there are like gentle. I can think of people in my life that I'm like, oh, they're just like super nice and like really gangly and tall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess it just so depends. That, that is a th- it maybe just depends just, on your aura. I think I my yeah my aura is just off. If someone wants to reset my aura, I would like that. Can someone reboot my aura? Oh my god! Someone re- <laughs> someone stick a pencil in my aura hole. <laughs> oh, Sarah. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah it's just it's just interesting because like i had i accidentally i accidentally i recently um resuscitated a friendship that fell out two years ago and i was fell out your butt i don't know why that came so to my far. mind it, Please just it wasn't even me. my it wasn't like anything it was just like a mixture of like miscommunication and to be honest like mental illness <laughs> but um we recently made up and we're really good friends again and it's interesting to like be able anonymous to be like, person i know i'm just such a good person no no it's it's like it's more just about like the growth and like you know we were going through things and now we're not well it's but just it's, like some people don't share things in common if anyone's seen insecure in the latest season wait have you seen insecure i've seen insecure but not the latest season which by the way was filmed in my old neighborhood in inglewood in baldwin hills but, oh but yeah, 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 yeah yeah i am a huge insecure stan i think lawrence is like the dream man really? and i think this latest season better than any show i've ever seen illustrates like like female friendship better than anything i've seen it's like molly and i will plug the hell molly and isa and Issa, like yeah. the way that isa wrote this show in this season's arc i think a lot of people didn't connect with it because it's like it's so heavily based in friendship and you mm. don't see that on tv a lot it was always relationshipy from it's what i remember very relationshipy but in this season they focus more on friendship and i personally loved it because like we had a falling out like two years ago like mm-hmm. you had a falling out with this anonymous person mm-hmm. like it happens all the time but people don't really talk about it yeah and for them it was just like they just didn't share like their life directions just kind of went in two different ways and they yeah. didn't share things in common yeah and if they were dating that would be a natural breakup is like oh we no longer are parallel like it's time to like consciously uncouple yeah it's like you should be able to consciously uncouple with your friends too like if it doesn't make sense anymore and then you can recouple later if it does yeah like i think i think i believe that to an extent um only because i try to be pretty rational and not take things personally because it is it is true that other how do you do that other people's actions are just projections yeah oh oh, oh, 100 once you recognize that like your whole life just gets so much easier yeah there was a very recently actually and it was really weird because this happened at the same time that i made up with my old friend but i had a friend who we hadn't really talked in a while because he worked in retail and i will tell you this having worked in retail you just like can't ever use your phone so you just don't like period but so we were we that's were, really interesting you just don't yeah. that, in a service job you can't re- use your phone yeah yep. when i started mm-hmm. working retail that was when people started i started accumulating texts and people would be like i can't get a hold of you and i was like well i only use my phone twice a day and it's for 10 minutes yeah and i'm gonna text you back but so interestingly listen up people not everyone can just text all day at their corporate <laughs> Goddamn job it's yeah, like no, seriously seriously at a sit-down desk job but yeah. so we talked frequently and then we hadn't talked in a while and then i invited him to come to la because he's from like um in the socal area we spent the day together for his birthday it was really fun um had a couple hours just like very very like just normal interaction and then we didn't talk for like three weeks or so and then my friend was like one of my other friends was like oh my god i just noticed that like he unfollowed me on instagram <gasps> unfollowed that person that person or that person oh. so then i was like oh. how do they first of all how do people notice that because i don't have follower un- apps everyone has That's, them I, which by the way schrodinger's cat 
why don't you i i just think it's better to just not know sarah that's exactly my opinion like i've toyed with the idea of downloading it because i have been losing a lot of followers Mm -hmm. like like i've had a lot of volatility Mm -hmm. and unfortunately i do pay attention to it i wish i didn't but like it's Mm -hmm. just natural to um which by the way instagram should just round up their followers (laughs) and not keep it at an exact number but whatever it's i just don't believe in numbers anymore Mm -hmm. i personally don't believe in numbers but um, i don't believe period yeah i think it's just because i've gotten a lot more political on my platform and like Mm -hmm. my identity has become a lot more political and like that inherently is um polarizing anyway so I've like been like wow I wonder who isn't following me mm. like I would like to know you know is it like the locals or is it like just people that followed me on YouTube 10 years ago and I don't think I want to know so I've never downloaded it so if you've ever unfollowed me but are somehow listening to this podcast yeah. you are an enigma um <laughs> and I don't know who you are yeah like I I, I that's don't that's pay it. attention everybody has full license to unfollow me because I will not check and I do not want to know yeah. and I think that is your right and prerogative that if my content is toxic in your life you can unfollow me i think that like the other thing too is i don't have room for my life to like stress about this kind of stuff and <laughs> Absolutely so, so, not. so interestingly if, that's the if, last thing you want to stress about yeah this year. so if my friend had never said like oh he unfollowed me then i would have never checked and fallen into what i was about to explain but like basically i was like oh he unfollowed me too he unfollowed basically everyone except for one girl from like that we knew in common so i texted him very confrontationally because i've been working on my confrontation Good like, job. Hey, like, i have no idea what i did like i don't know if Aww. like we had like if there was something that happened that i'm just like i'm completely not aware of yeah and i will not lie this was really hurtful to hear but he was basically like uh it's nothing personal against you i've just been really busy with work i also just like don't really like the way that you use your social media anymore and mm. like i just don't feel like it benefits my life and i wish you luck right. in life and that was really weird for me to hear only because he literally befriended me because of my like instagram so i was like that's weird and i remember being really butthurt about it for like a week but then i was just like no like clear communication just like it didn't feel good when we hung out like that's that didn't didn't try to fake anything probably mental illness had a lot to do with it <laughs> but i was just like i we're just, very mental health aware on this pod yeah, like, like you I'm understand like, that like mental health is fluctuating and like that really determines a lot of your relationships yeah. like when you're depressed you can't like keep up a relationship like you would be able to totally. otherwise and i will yeah. say like i don't think that if if he came back being like hey i was going through it i don't think i would come back or uh, like you would have resentment open arms yeah oh you don't i don't think i would be no i don't think i would be like you think doors closed and never yeah because i'm just like i don't want to be friends it's kind of like you're not gonna leave the light on maggie rogers style exactly we will get into this later in the advice section but like i don't think that that was like the most rational way to like end a friendship i think that like the way that it was all secretive that i wouldn't have noticed was like very weird to me yeah Um, he tried to just like just sidestep out of your life basically yeah I guess he was just trying to avoid confrontation. Maybe, but I'm like, really proud of you for texting him. Yeah, I just I had to. Like I I I I if there's one thing I've learned in 2020 is that I don't want the room to dwell. Like the first few months of quarantine, I had so much time because I was like mm-hmm. I'm at home all the time and I would just dwell and I would think about things that literally weren't happening and I read I'm going to totally like butcher this, but like I read something that was like all of your worries are like derived from stuff that you don't know for sure for like a fact yep or uncer- uncertainty uncertainty mm-hmm. yeah and like i that bothered me so much because like everything that i was worried about was just stuff that i was too afraid to like find out about yeah so i don't know like i just feel like i spiral really quickly if i like have too much room to like imagine fake things that are happening so um i don't know i just think that like trying to eliminate that if we have to keep doing lockdown has been like really really healthy for me so yeah should be more confrontational i was i was reading our high school yearbook the other night because oh i was, I was like, this is such a long train but like <laughs> i was watching que- queen's gambit and i was like oh my god they have chess clubs yeah in like kentucky in the 1950s huh. i was like do they have chess clubs today yeah zach and ari were in chess club oh my god yeah i wasn't though so Nerds. i looked because i was like i don't remember ever seeing anything about chess club but like our high school 
if any high school were if to our, have a chess club, yeah. it would have been our high school. Our high school was a chess club. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was a That's chess the club. podcast title. Yes. Our high school was a chess club. Oh my god. Um, and I looked. I was look, looking through the yearbook for the chess club. Did indeed find it. It turns out it was everybody from our year. Mm. Like it was just like a group of friends that made a chess club. It wasn't like a real chess club wow. that toured and like did competitions and stuff. Huh. I'm like, who? If you've done that and you're a listener and like did that for pleasure, and you went to competitive chess tournaments, like let me know because that world very much interests me. And I Mm -hmm. wonder if chess is more popular now, pre Queen's Gambit, like February of this year, than it was in February of 1960. Mm -hmm. Like I wonder if chess is more popular or less popular. I want to lean towards less popular. I want to lean towards less too. But I think there's like I think that on the like I think that chess is kind of culty. Like I think the people oh 100 stand. It's a cult of intellectuals. Yeah, it's like literally. I probably should start. It's probably everyone that goes to my church, to be honest. Which <laughs> is <laughs> a whole other topic. But um, God. what was I? What was I just talking about? Um, chess club, Queen's oh, Gambit. Oh, I was looking through the yearbook. Oh yes, the yearbook. And then oh, I was gonna say <laughs> one of the one of the themes that they would do in the yearbook was they would do like class of 2014 what was the theme of this year and it was like or 2012 it was coney it was like oh my some god natural coney disaster that happened like they would do like the main highlights of that year like some oh space god. shuttle launching off this year would be like the year of the dwell yeah oh my god it would be just dwell. <laughs> it's just the one page there's just one word it's just dwelling, dwelling. like that's just whole year it's just dwelling, dwelling unnecessary the dwelling <laughs> like obliterative dwelling i think too something that i wanted to bring up that's kind of related is like in, in becoming more confrontational, I've learned that there's these fake rules to life that we just like establish for ourselves and hold ourselves so accountable to that ruin our life. Like there's all of these rules that I had and some of them are like more menial. Like some of them are like, oh, if someone drives me, I'll always pay for their parking. Like just like things like that that I just like made up and decided was yeah, like, a rule. Just because we're neurotic like that. Yeah. Like I just like, I'm just... going to create rules that are so specific. <laughs> I'm Jane going Lynch, to create a rule. Chain Lynch meme format. By the time this podcast airs, that's going to be so dead yes. that people are going to be like. It's like peaking on Twitter right now, but it has been for like a month. But that being said, like, it's so weird because like I was torturing myself with like these little rules. Like I was, they, some of the rules were even like, I feel like I have to like be roundabout in like when I'm texting my roommate to like do her dishes or something. And it's like, no, like you should be able to just without hurting anyone's feelings and not having to worry about it. Just be like, hey, like, can you do your dishes? Or yeah. like someone pays for the parking you don't have to feel guilty about it like just like whatever like just like small things like that and I'm trying to be better and better about it like and it's not like oh I'm like slowly just becoming like an absolute asshole <laughs> but it's more like I'm just like cutting out the fat like yeah, just setting all of the weird roundabout like round yeah yeah, yeah sounding, things setting like you're just weirdly socialized and it also can hurt you too because like if you expect people when when you drive to pay for your parking yeah like that's right. never been a, that's never been one of my neuroses like mm. I've never created that rule in my head so I've never like it's offered. like an expectation though I, so that yeah. so that would hurt your feelings because yeah. I you would think I'd being inconsiderate exactly. when really I'm just not even aware of your expectations exactly so like I think that's it's hard you I think deleting those rules yeah it can only be helpful it is helpful and it's it's just very like I don't know. I don't know how to describe it exactly, but it's just like so much. You're just it's it has all to do with mindfulness and being more present mm-hmm. and just being like, I'm not going to think about the favors that I owe or like the way that I think that I am or the way that I want to be. It's more just like this is the way this is what's happening right now. I'm not going to pay for your parking. Well, or you're not going to pay for my parking and I'm not worried about it. I'm not going to take it personally. The no nuance November take on Twitter is like you don't owe anyone anything. Yep. But then it's like but then there's a counter movement of like, well, no it's like not really a helpful mindset to have because like you do owe people like we live in a we live in a society we like live you live in a freaking society like under collectivism like you gotta wear your mask because that's gonna yes. help like like so you do owe people yeah some basic human decency yeah but, but like, it's like do I you guess, owe them 
you can't create rules of human decency and then expect people to follow them when again like i guess this has to do with like being the main character but like you can't like just like have rules in your own world and then the world revolves around you and everyone's culture is different too like i come into your house and i take my shoes off yeah but like you come into my house and like because i live in a caucasian household (laughs) no one expects that you know it's just like and it but it's hard to learn that like it's like when i went to china i remember before it was like freshman year of college and they were giving us like a cultural training of like Mm. here's everything like in china like you squat when you go to the bathroom like they don't Mm. have toilets like it's just a hole in the ground so like you're at the club and i can speak to this like you're at the club (laughs) and you're wearing your like slutty heels oh my god and you're squatting oh my god which is actually really good for your like whole digestive system just to be perfectly honest it's actually better for you that's why squatty potties exist yeah it's better for you anyway but when um, I go to Yellowstone a lot, because my family recently, my parents um, acquired a condo in Montana, Montana. Um, which makes me feel really class conscious and weird when I say it, <laughs> um, just to be perfectly honest. So um, we go to Yellowstone a lot and Yellowstone is a national park. It's the, I think it's, is it the first or the biggest? It might be both. Um, mm-hmm. And it has like doubled in tourism over the last like 10 years wow like i went for the first time when i was like five in like 2001 oh my god and like two million people visited that year and mm. now like four million people a year visit oh my which god. doesn't sound like that much but for a national park that's a lot yeah yeah and it's really international tourism so when you go there's a lot of um chinese like tour buses and tour groups mm. coming through and despite like the amount of cultural like training i an orientation i went through before i went there i don't think there's the same level of that when and I'm not xenophobic at all. No, I yeah, actually yeah. really want to go back to China and live yeah. there at all. Like I'm not saying that like they are as a community of people. Yeah, are, yeah, like, horrible. Yeah. This is I'm your just, disclaimer. I'm just, yeah, this is, this is my <laughs> disclaimer. It's just that um, they don't have the same cultural orientation, at least for the Yellowstone goers, because like when they yeah, go it's to not the, like they're like, okay, this is like an American. Yes, they'll be feeding wildlife. They'll mm. be like parking on the road where it specifically says like, don't park here because that like erodes the nature. Oh. They'll like go to the bathroom and like they'll, they'll put their feet on the toilet and squat on it. <gasps> So you'll see you'll see signs in the toilet stall that say like do Don't not stand. sit like put your feet on the toilet seat oh and squat which like to me I'm like because it's more I, hygienic I guess yeah and so a lot of people see that and they're just like oh my god what's wrong with these Chinese people like doing oh. and I'm like there's nothing wrong with them because that's normal in their culture yeah, it's just yeah, that yeah. they weren't orient like they weren't trained yeah yeah yeah, yeah like, they yeah. didn't have orientation before they came here yeah. and like that's on their tour group's fault like they yeah. should have done that because you want when you go into a different culture you want to be respectful of like yeah. their right you know like I know in Japan people are like much quieter right like people don't talk on like the subway mm-hmm. versus here like I'm fucking chatty Kathy like yeah <laughs> listen to how many times my audio levels peaked during this like, I'm so loud for no reason yeah I'm very self-aware of it but yeah it's just like you really need to have I don't even know how I got into this whole tangent yeah I but, don't know Montana yeah Montana I guess but um, setting up oh, rules of decency yeah rules of decency yeah, rules it's of like decency. you have to just like you have to orient to yeah like there other, should be a like how are you supposed effort. to orient to like every single individual person's rule of decency it's like and decency changes all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This year it's decent to not I think it's cough. decent to <laughs> I think it's decent to just like be very straightforward because it's so clear to me that like no one cares about any of the BS stuff in between anyways. If you need to say something to someone, just say it. There's no reason to just say like, what you need to yeah, say. Yeah, truly just say what you need to say. There's a say reason John Mayer said it thirty five times in a row. He said, yeah. say what you need to say. And yeah. I said, I'm going to say it. He said, say what you need to say. <laughs> he said it. He said it. <laughs> My Montana king. <laughs> Is she? Wait, what's that meme that we had a couple years ago when we did the last podcast that was like. She believed she could, so she did. Yeah. She believed she could say it, so she said it. 
<laughs> now that's a deep cut. Oh my god! I love using the phrase deep cut. I never get to, so I'm taking full license of it this podcast. It. <laughs> I've always wanted to use that, and wow. I still I know none of my implementations of that word are correct, but I'm still gonna keep doing it. And now for the moment we've all been waiting for our special guest, a famous Paul Walton who I described as very decisive, very convincing, and very charming. It's Justice Tension. What a kind intro. Thank Welcome you. to the pod. <laughs> I went to Stanford, yeah. so don't get yourself too hyped how, up. How I yeah, describe, sorry, if you're from Palo Alto, you know who Justice is. If you're not, <laughs> listen, like I was decidedly uncool in high school. Like Justice was like the man, like the big man on campus. Like everyone By knew. big man, she just means I'm 6'7". There's literally nothing else. I was going to say you were 6'10". I was going to be generous. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say you're 6'10", because all men round up and you're allowed to do that. Okay. I would describe him as the one, capital T, capital O. That's it. That's it. (laughs) We're really hyping him up, but we're excited to have our very first guest on. And we did collect some questions and some advice from you all via our Instagrams. Again, to plug, it is at Katherout, K-A-T-H-E-R-O-U-T, and at Iomu for Sarah, I-O-M-O-O. Justice, should we plug your social media? Oh, yeah, my socials? Of course. Hit me up at Justice Tension. That's my Instagram. I'm private, but like, it's okay. I still have a class. <laughs> but if they request you, will you accept? Yeah, I'm down. The people want to see what you look yeah. like, for sure. I always do when I listen to podcasts. I'm like, what do these people look like? Yeah. Um. All right. First one. Jumping right into it. This was half the questions. How to date during COVID. What are we doing? How to date during COVID? Yeah. I mean... What are the best practices here? Best practices? Well, I think it really depends on, you know, your comfort level, finding someone that agrees with your comfort level, and then just don't hold back. You just got to go in. What does don't hold back mean? Well, you know, everybody's kind of in the same boat. You just got to find people who have similar expectations. Okay. You know, like, we're all struggling here. I think there's something to be said about the fact that, like, we used to be worried about, like, oh, I want a date to marry. I want a date to have kids. But now it's like we're in a pandemic. Just date to, like... Do whatever you want. Do whatever the fuck you want, ho. Like, yeah. <laughs> literally. But have you guys actually gone on dates during the pandemic? Yes. I have not. Okay. How was... was what did you do? Yeah, did it change anything? Take, or was it, like, just normal, like, hey, we went to, like, Zinc in Venice? What's the situation? I think... I, I think it's... <laughs> still it's so i was a serial dater in january and i so the year started off hot a year the year started off hot i think like i went on like two or three dates a weekend uh-huh. so it was something my success rate of like actual dates that i went on was like 60 percent. like 60 percent of my free days were like on dates and they were all flops they were all so bad and i was like wow the quality of men is just like deteriorating like they were all flop dates um but when i would go on quarantine dates i was kind of like Okay, it takes a lot for me to like weed someone out to be like, okay, I'm going to put like filter, 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 filter. And then, okay, I'm finally going to want to date this person. And I'm happy to announce that most of the dates were still flops. There were some gems. There's some gems. But for the most part, I think it's just like dating in LA is just, it's notoriously like a shit show. It's not really meant to like pan out for a lot of people. So if you want to go, like I, I, everyone will agree that like, if you want to go on a date in LA, you mostly just do it for the free food. You do it for the, if you're a girl, like free food, free drinks, like whatever. But it's usually not, It there's always something like I'll always leave a date and be like, and that's why you're single. Okay. Well, having just moved to LA, this is deeply troubling, but uh, <laughs> Sarah and I also had a conversation, which I think is actually a good COVID hack. If you're just bored and you have been fed up with the your city, just reset your hinge location to start exploring new options. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah, just you know, just set hinge to New York, 
Senator Austin, you Set just it to Montana, to like baby. Montana, see the what's out there. The quality of men in Montana, I have like, to say, yeah, let's surprisingly just, great. Know. Like I, I, I've gone on COVID dates in Montana and here. I mean, it's been like mostly positive. All right, moving right along. The next one is I actually really want to know Justice's opinion on this. Is it selfish to want kids nowadays? What? Is it is selfish, selfish to want kids? To want to have kids? Is it no? What? <laughs> like what this could i'm just have gone curious any what like is it selfish to have like i don't know personally selfish doesn't seem like hello i'm going to birth this other human that's going to eat all my time energy and money that doesn't seem particularly selfish so unless you're like treating it like a pet that's deeply concerning so like if you think it's a selfish activity then like god knows what's going to happen to this child growing up I mean, and that's the tea. But I have like a very radical opinion on this. And I see where she's coming from um, because I was of the belief like two years ago, me and my friend, Jer- he introduced me to antinatalism. That's For us listeners one. who don't know what antinatalism is, whatever you just said, antinatalism is. So I was first introduced to this at USC in some like, it was some, it was some activist situation. I can't really remember. And this woman was like, yeah, I'm an antinatalist. And it basically just means that you believe that people should not have kids. Like, that's your belief. And if Jared's listening, he also believes that. He introduced, Jared, everything he introduces me to, I'm like, that's fucking crazy. Is and then the mindset of when you bring a child into the world, it automatically suffers? It's like... It's yeah, like that's that's part of it, guys. I, I just I, a puppy. The point of living the is to great. work with your despair. Like, come on. At first, I was like, I agree with you. It is selfish because... Like it's the number one way to create carbon emissions is to have a kid to create another human life is like the number one way. But now in my climate justice progression, I'm like individual action. We cannot be punishing individuals for the carbon emissions that, you know, 100 companies are producing 70 percent of. Right. So we can't have individuals taking the onus of being like, I have to like not have kids because like, um, like, you know, BP's not doing their work. Like, no, we have to keep on living our lives personally, though. I will be adopting because I I think that the world will be underwater in 30 years and I don't want to bring a kid into that. And kids are already stressed out right now about climate justice. So I'm just like, I don't want to like bring another human life in the world when there are already so many. But I know that's radical and that not everyone believes that. So I'm not like, I accept that other people want to have kids. I think it's pretty radical. It is pretty radical. I think we can find solutions that also allow humans to exist on Earth. I That's hopeful. <laughs> I'm an retweet retweet to all of this i think retweet. cool retweet yeah okay that's where we'll leave it um <clears throat> i just exposed myself <laughs> how to find a leftist boyfriend during covid when all the tinder guys suck sister she wants a leftist himbo yes <laughs> i don't know do leftist himbos exist or is the whole point of a himbo that he doesn't have like political identity the whole point of a himbo so in order to become a himbo a himbo is made up of a person who is kind beefy and stupid Therefore, if they truly hit all of those marks, meaning that they're stupid, it means that they just have no outlook whatsoever. They just don't understand. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're harmful because they have to be kind. But I think they just like don't have like like their brain is literally smooth. I think there are two camps of people on this one that want the woke I I'm right now in the phase where I want a based boyfriend and like that's what I want. But there's also people that are like leftist men are the worst because they're so self-righteous and so you want to go for a himbo because they're just nice to you and sweet and like they're still feminist they still care about women they care about women's rights they love women and they're beefy but like they're not gonna they're not gonna challenge you on shit where you're just like listen they're not gonna mansplain to you 
Doesn't that sound like heaven? So you can just go off about the person at Trader Joe's who cut you in line and they're just going to be, I think the perfect, the perfect example of a himbo is literally Kronk from Emperor's New Groove. Yes. Kronk. Like he just would be like, mm, that's Do unfortunate. Do you think he's a leftist? I mean, I, I think that it's purposeful. Kronk's a socialist for sure. <laughs> he's a socialist. <laughs> Absolutely. Come on, guys. Kronk is a socialist. The way that Yzma treats, he lives in a capitalist world. He has to pull the lever no matter what. Does he? Even He's get, like on the cusp. Does he even get paid for that labor? Like, can we talk about that? Holy shit! <laughs> I don't know what Kronk, Kronk is a himbo, but I think this whole duality I didn't know the full definition of himbo, so thank you for that. Yeah, and we are also going to talk about. Let me break it down. So this chart that I've often come back to. So again, a himbo must be kind, beefy, and stupid. If you're only kind and beefy, you're just a hunk. If you're only beefy and stupid, you're just a jock. And if you're only kind and stupid, that's just a decent man. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a quadrant to it. All right. Should I move cities if I'm sick of the current one? What if I love the 2.5 friends I made there? Yes, I think you should. I think you. I'm all for making, if you're young, making seemingly drastic changes to go to all ends of the spectrum and then figure out somewhere in the middle that you like. So if you like your 2.5 friends, try to convince them to move with you or come visit you. Go there. If in six months it's not working out, go back to your 2.5 friends. That is so If you only have 2.5 so friends, you don't have enough ties to keep you anywhere. And here's the thing is that there's no guarantee that those 2.5 friends will also stay in that city. So like tying yeah. your whole life to somebody else's life, unless you're in like a committed relationship with them for like many years. And even so, if you want to move somewhere and your partner doesn't approve of that, like you should still do it. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like you should absolutely move. I'm toying between moving. And if it doesn't work out, like just get a sublease, you know? Like just get a yeah. sublease that way you're not like bound to a year there and you can make fluid decisions because we're in a pandemic and like life short. I think it all comes down to to like how often do you actually see these friends? Like I don't know if it's I don't know if it's like unlike <laughs> a lot of people. No, I don't think it's like that's super fair. No, it's super fair. Like sometimes I yeah, I see my really close friends once or twice a month. Yeah. I'm you like, might as oh. well just be flying back and seeing them at that point. Like, right. if you, like it doesn't make like I have my friends in L.A., but because L.A. is so spread out, it's like I'm on one edge of the world, Marina Del Rey. My friends are on the other edge of the world in Hollywood. And whenever I even think about moving, it's like, no, don't leave L.A. Like crumble and die with us here. And I'm like, but like, how often do we really see each other that that's worth it? Like we see each other maybe like every six weeks. Um, and that's not just because of the pandemic. That's just like the only sustainable way to like, like meet up as friends, partially because we just live so far away from each other, even though we're in like an eight mile radius of each other. And so whenever I like think about moving and they throw fit, I'm like, we really don't even see each other enough for this to even be worth it. Like it doesn't make any sense at this point. I may as well be again, flying back to LA. Okay. This is one I want to get your take on as an ex McKinsey. First of all, can you weigh in on like the McKinsey cult and like, kind of like, um, the like conspiracy of it all. Do you know what I'm talking about? As someone who's just recently left there, the cult, well, would love to like know there was, specifically. That was no comment. comment. That was like, you know too much. <laughs> I mean. Like, the amount of hesitation there, I'm like, oh. Did you guys hear like the cracking in my voice? I was <laughs> like, like <laughs> I felt like, like the chip in the back of my brain. They're like, don't say anything. <laughs> like, he truly short-circuited. I don't think I've ever witnessed yeah. that. In a he's person. like programmed. He's like, eh, eh, eh. okay. Anyway, we won't get into. But that. yes, at least I, I recently left the cult. Okay, cool. All right, good for you. I just watched the vows, so I'm you know really really educated on cults, um, and that's very that's very powerful actually to leave a cult. I don't think I ever would if I were in one. So how do I write a cover letter? <laughs> but more importantly, how do I tell a boy I like him? Should I use a cover letter? Okay, so <laughs> there is a plot twist halfway through. Uh, 
I would say the first step is figure out if they're going to read the cover letter. <laughs> Most times they won't. So it just doesn't really make sense. What about and the you're wasting you like? your time. Will they read your cover letter? And that gets to the second point, which Good is like, questions. I'm not certain that you're, is this her boyfriend or her perspective? Crush. Her like crush. crush. Oh, yeah. her crush. Well, I think we should consider, do we think the crush will read the cover letter? Like, is he your employer? Uh, or is he not? Otherwise, why are you writing a cover letter? And then... Uh, <laughs> Maybe he is her employer. I, I think there's better ways to do first impression. Although I do think the idea of a cover letter via DM is intriguing. Is that not just sliding into DMs at this point? Just as, no, but like, what just if you made as, it a bit more professional? Listen, if someone wrote you a whole ass 8.5 by 11, 0.5 inch margin essay on why they think that you should date them would you be like this person is absolutely manic and crazy or would you be like wow i'm really flattered that they like thought about me enough to write this no no, i definitely wouldn't go to flattery it better be funny as hell otherwise i'd be weirded out i just know that and also i'd like still be weirded out if they put any time more than 15 (laughs) minutes into it i would be flattered but my therapist would be so haunted by that because the ramblings that would go on in our sessions would be unreal so for that reason, I think that that's just mania inducing. Also, just recognize that this will be screenshotted and widely distributed, probably more than like the so, Bible. Like, but if you if they if they genuinely are funny and it's like well written and like pithy and punchy and kind of like, I feel like that could be cool. I feel like it could be cool. It's a risk. It, Catherine it, is a Pisces, so <laughs> guys. I literally never identified with being a Pisces until this year, and I'm like, wow, I am a Pisces ass bitch. Catherine's like, it would be so romantic if someone wrote me an eight and a half long letter (laughs) about all of the things that they've witnessed about me on YouTube and every other person just like literally stares in silence at that remark. Insane. I just, my headphones came off because I was laughing so hard at that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot to come come to terms with your horoscope identity. Okay. So that wraps up the questions I got from my followers. The cool thing now is that we get to transition to Sarah's submission so you get to hear the difference in tone between our audiences here and wrap up with some more long form long form philosophical questions i would like to take this opportunity to say a lot of you guys your reading comprehension worries me because i asked you guys stay in school i asked you guys for scenarios and i got like hot topics that we should like debate which was not what i specifically requested which you know we will but we absolutely will because now it's planted in our heads but i have a couple different scenarios that i pulled together that were submitted to me they all kind of are in the same realm of dating slash career slash just being chaotic. So <laughs> um, this one is from Donna, and she said she's graduating college in, De- in December. She wants to pursue her personal projects, but feels like nine to five is what she should be doing after graduation. Um, although she says it gets to the point where when she applies to a job, it really doesn't excite her. She's only there for the salary and not there for like the personal passion. She wants to take off time to pursue her personal projects, but she's worried that it'll be harder for her to find a job if she takes this time off. So what should she do? I mean, I, I think everybody has a different situation. Donna, you know, make sure you have some stability in your life. Don't become, you know, a burden to others. But, you know, if you if you can take the, not the risk, but like take the opportunity to go do what you love, take that opportunity. Like not everybody has it. Like if anything, you know, you should take advantage of that. Like go pursue your passion unless you're... I mean, unless you're going to like, your passion is like something to do with 
like hurting others or it's unbelievable or like it's you know Justice me becoming like a gymnast. his little disclaimer in tiny text is happening right <laughs> yeah, now. yeah exactly like, <laughs> this is like part of like the trip in the back of my head like make sure you like watch what you say disclaimers like if your passion includes human suffering do not pursue <laughs> no yeah but like i mean i guess if you're like an anti-natalist you or whatever you might just like passion. sorry but yeah it's um i don't know i mean i think it's a weird year and so like the thing is if you don't have a job immediately right now nobody's going to ever think twice about that, right? Yeah. Like 2020 will just forever be like a moment where if anybody has a blip on their resume, you're like, oh, I mean, that makes sense. So you can either like suffer in that or be like, I'm going to take this moment to kind of do whatever I want. You take your despair and you run with it. Yeah, and you run with it. And you just, you, and like if you get to the end and it doesn't work out, great. Just say it was 2020. Yeah, you get a free pass. Basically. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Yeah. Um, on the topic of careers, so I do have another scenario where I have a friend who is in a job. It's like a corporate name brand job right now. Name brand. Hey, name brand. <laughs> I don't know. Like what's the what? <laughs> name brand job. Works in sales. Hates her boss. Has been there for a couple years now and can't bring it in herself to leave because of the pandemic. She is trying and I guess failing at like finding a new job and kind of doesn't know is it selfish to quit your job because we're in the middle of a pandemic and she should be grateful to have a job or but if she did quit her job she could focus fully on really applying to like new roles and reaching out and doing more um to get like a new job that she likes better she's really struggling with that and i think that a lot of people can relate to that i have a lot of friends who even like roommates that i lived with who were like i hate my job i want to quit but i'm in a pandemic and like half my company was laid off like i just don't feel like that's the right thing to do yeah i mean you uh, well first i think your 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 audiences have like interesting definitions of selfish Mm. you know like (laughs) selfish is like having a child selfish is like women justice (laughs) i don't know like maybe am i just like mansplaining what's going on guys we're just giggling dude no we want to hear you dude um no i mean so i i don't know so i so i left my job during the pandemic without a plan um and i was thinking you know okay i i don't what i said that's hot oh thank you thank you sarah (laughs) saw me i like had like kind of a breakdown dyed my hair green moved to la again was in the moment yeah um, hot but it's <laughs> fascinating use of adjectives left and right um just is like what do i do with this information <laughs> i don't know i mean but like okay one is i think make sure you can improve your current situation i think a lot of people they will get like all worked up like oh i Fair. hate my job i like want to quit blah, blah, blah. i'm like yeah. well have you like tried to make the current situation better mm. like like, okay. Go to HR first. Yeah, Re- reform, like reform, reform, not abolition, is what he's saying. First, def- defy <laughs> the slave labor. Then <laughs> you are being exploited. But how 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 can you minimize the exploitation? I, I mean, <laughs> holy shit! <laughs> now this is some McKinsey bullshit, right? Like here. yes, okay, coming out of the the, the microchip call. is overheating. But there you go. So here's here's what I would say is like yeah, when I was in my last job, I did like some work that I wasn't I was like I'm not vibing with this and then I was like you know what you know what I was like I am just going to like I am good I am a high performer and they are lucky to have me so if they want me to stick around I'm only do products I want to do and I took that mindset for like the last three months and I only did products I wanted to do and I still didn't like it at the end and that's when I decided to leave so I mean like if you hate your boss see if you can switch bosses like it seems much easier to switch Mm -hmm. within a company that does outside first but then if it's still not working out and it's not just a boss you hate, but the entire like 
institution. Okay, then time to get out. Like, just bail. Like, you know. Fair. I think that that actually answers an- another question, which is how to become the main character of your own life. You just got to say, I'm here and everyone's lucky to have me. That just answers that question yeah. perfectly. That's just how to build an ego. My answer was just look out the car door window and put on some Vampire Weekend. And <laughs> case wrong. closed. <laughs> Not wrong. All right. The other situation, I think this is probably going to be my last one. Um, I have a friend who, her name is Mia. She's 19. Um, she, hi, Mia. Like, Happy birthday. Hi, Mia. Ooh, so sexy. Happy birthday. <laughs> so she's 19. She Happy birthday. That's weird. I don't like the fact that we went with... She's 19, and we anyway, that's fine. Nah, she's, she's like, wait, we could talk about. Never mind. Keep going. She's no, not, just everybody 19. keep moving forward. She's 19. <laughs> she is currently in Zoom college or Zoom school in college. I think it's uh, a two year program. She also works at a nail salon and earns um, like the highest pay of all her coworkers that she's told me. She's like works as a receptionist, and she also is side hustling with her, her jewelry business. It's like a Etsy business or something like that. Side she's hustles very- are great. Yeah, her Instagram, she's building it. They just had a Black Friday sale. They were doing really well. And she has asked me before, and I wanted to ask you. Yeah, it's actually called The Beaded Co. Um, It's Mia's business. Um, Support small businesses. Yeah, they have, like, really, really nice, like, gold gold pieces, like, very minimalist. Um, So her, I guess she has been asking, like, uh, should she get her degree and then go full send and get her degree, work in the nail salon, and then full send her business after she receives her degree in about two years? Or should she stop Zoom school, quit the nail salon, and just full send on her business as it is now? I have said that she should just full send on the business because it's what she wants to do. And I don't really see... Okay, I personally will say I have never used my degree in any of the things that I've done after in my corporate jobs. Like, I don't really know what I learned in political science in terms of my world history that pertains to, like, editing and redlining documents that pertain to, like, intellectual property. Um, So sometimes when people push too hard for, like, I need to get my degree, I don't really know, like, if that... Like, in my personal experience, if that was really even, like relevant for me <laughs> i pulled up a twitter photo which is what sarah's laughing notes. at but as as a self-described creative which i think is bullshit i think everyone's creative but we just don't accept it because it's gatekept anyway um i think that it's hard if you monetize your passion sometimes because this there's this um twitter photo that's just like graphic design is no longer my passion i've burnt myself out by monetizing something i enjoy and stressing about making it profitable to afford the cost of living written in the papyrus font by the way yeah it's just like capitalism be bad but it's just it's like if you can afford like if you're living at home and you don't really have expenses and you can pursue this passion of making jewelry in like a very laissez-faire like you know like very free way that's great but I just have so many friends that have like really crushed their souls by putting their whole livelihood on their passion and then suddenly they hate that so I I think you should pursue it for a while but if it's starting to make you feel icky like you can always go back to the nail salon and just get your get your bag of like whatever money you need like I don't think you have to like love your job I think a lot of people it just needs to be something that pays the bills and then you can do what you love for the other hours during the week which is bleak and sad but most of life is bleak and sad hence running with your despair hence running in general (laughs) (laughs) period (laughs) yeah I mean I think that's a good point I think uh Justice like, thinks we're insane. No, no, not at all. I mean, <laughs> this is McKinsey Chip is. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like political out answer. Of his political head. answer. It literally uh, just committed suicide and jumped out of his head. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think this is like tough. But overall, I would say like the most important thing. I don't think is one decision or the other. It's like just send it in either direction. 
right? Like if you're going to go to school, like don't half-ass it. And if you're going to do the jewelry business, yeah, if you're going to do the jewelry business, like whole asset, like double caked up (laughs) on a, (laughs) on a Thursday, TT, like that is the situation. You know, this is a video. I'm like culturally into it, right? What's TT? Like double caked up on a Thursday. What's TT? What? It's like a quote. It's a video. You've never seen this video? I just know the reference, I guess. Okay, it's fine. Anyway, kind of like Sixth Sense. Um, I've never seen it. I just know what like the purpose of it is. I just be you saying shit Sense. for no reason. Sense. Anyways, but yeah, I mean, just like just send it. And if you're not gonna send in the jewelry business, I don't think you should do it. But if you're gonna send it, like just really go in. Mm-hmm. Not just be like, I don't like school. The jewelry stuff is kind of better. I'm gonna mm-hmm. do that a little bit. That's like not good enough, in my opinion. Like things are gonna be hard. You're not good enough, in his opinion. Just like send it. <laughs> send <Ow>. it. <laughs> Full send. Full I think send. that we can all agree that I'd be like, full I don't sending. know. I'm just like, yeah, I'm a decisive person, which is like, you get to that fork, you're like, okay, which one am I going to work harder on? School or am I going to work harder in the jewelry business? And like, that should be the question you answer. Yeah, where's your energy at? Where's yeah. your passion level at? You know what I did once was when I was torn between picking two between two colleges, I literally met up with my English professor, English teacher in high school, and he said, heads is Redlands, tails is Willamette. And I flipped the coin and it kept landing on um, tails, which was Willamette. And I knew that that wasn't the outcome that I wanted, yes. even though I asked, I, I, I acted torn about it. And so I don't know, like sometimes it comes down to just something like that. Like, which one are you defending more that you feel like you're like, oh, I have to do this because like some part of me is telling me that I have to do this. It sometimes just comes down to that. Yeah. Like what is capitalism Stockholm syndrome and what do you actually want to do? That's hard. <laughs> I'm getting too political on Capitalism. The Stockholm syndrome yeah it's just like a lot of us like I was in this like two years ago like I was just blatantly defending capitalism I was like we need to have billionaires because we need to have motivation and like profits important because that's how we innovate and it was just like me regurgitating shit I learned in econ class but it wasn't actually my belief you know like a lot of people's beliefs are just like what they inherit from their parents not their actual like personal you know opinion and now you're seeking your own leftist himbo yeah exactly perfect yeah my based boyfriend leftist himbo you keep putting this word leftist in front of the word himbo it's an oxymoron oh i'm <laughs> it sorry is an oxymoron. i'm sorry i guess it's an impossible well, future to put in my head justice <laughs> so you're saying there can't be because the the prerequisite it's is like saying you want stupid. a skinny himbo it's like that doesn't track they have to be kind beefy and that's, stupid that's like saying you want a 5-1 justice it literally just doesn't oh exist you're gonna chop off your legs <laughs> that would be a short king which wouldn't be <laughs> justice exactly exactly you're like the antithesis of a short king on the topic, this is going to be our last, um, our last, uh, this one's juicy guys. This one is juicy. If you guys are into, I know gaslighting, like it's kind of like a confusing topic, but it is, <laughs> this is, has to do with gaslighting, I think. So my friend Alexis submitted this, um, situation. She said her boyfriend of two years dumped her on Thanksgiving. By the way, you guys, it is November 30th. So it is Monday after Thanksgiving. Uh, first relationship first love everything struggling to wrap her head around the fact that he can't and won't be what i need him to be he literally told me that when he ended things which she says feels like gaslighting she says she's struggling because he has potential she knows that he has it in him to be what she needs she's not she doesn't seem to be asking for a lot these are her words by the way then she said um continued oh my god that's a picture of my cat what's happening (laughs) my phone just like blanked okay my my phone this is my iphone down it literally (laughs) The screen is just black. My phone literally killed itself. It's the performative black square from June. I guess her advice, what she's looking for was something about the fact that she doesn't know if it's like worth it to like, I guess, try to like fix somebody who like literally wants out or to just like accept like that it's a breakup and find somebody who's a better fit for her. Um, And 
I don't know. It's a, it's kind of a sh- it's a terrible situation. It's also very fresh, so I don't really know like exactly what can be said about this because like who knows like in a week he might just like be a simp and be like i want you back baby <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine they're all going on the table like so what are you grateful for this year what are you thankful for he's like well um actually not you, not you. <laughs> will not be with your ass <laughs> sorry that's insensitive but the turkey was literally that was dropped. really insensitive <laughs> that was I'm insensitive. so sorry but it just seems it's like really of all things of all days to choose the day of of thanks and gratitude anyways um I don't know. It sounds like you need some closure first, yeah. which is to figure out, yo, why did this happen? Yeah. Because you don't have that. But then I think after you got it, like, assuming, you know, he's not a simp and he's going to be like, well, let me get back. Then the odds of him not be simps, let's talk about it. The odds of a man not being a simp during a breakup, pretty low. Well, I was going to say cold turkey is always the way to go. You have yeah, to do no contact. I am in the same camp. I'm in the same camp. Yeah, the exactly. Camp. The turkey was dropped. Now it has to be left like frigid cold. There's no <laughs> touching On it. On the curb. Yeah. Curb stomp that turkey. I think there's something to be said. So I experienced a really rough breakup last year. And something that worked for me, obviously time heals all wounds, which is more about like your growth and understanding of like what you've been through. But it was super interesting because I have a friend who was like, you should do this meditation. And I was like, fuck no baby but i was like i will literally try anything at this point so i did this meditation it was like a 10 minute youtube meditation and it was like you're picturing the person in front of you like blah blah i was like literally clenching my fist i was so mad i was like i never wanted to picture this person and then they were like no matter what they did to you like no matter what it is like you're not gonna be able to change them and you just want to cut the cord like you don't want to have anything connected to them anymore and so i like or pull the cord or like whatever it is so like i just like mentally cut all these cords and then after 10 minutes i opened my eyes and was like wow I literally unclenched my fist and was like, I forgive you. It wasn't even about like, oh, I need to fix things with you or I need closure. It was just like, I don't care because like th- we weren't compatible. And like I was like struggling with that for so long. And then I was just like, no, I think I feel good. And then I think on the topic of like, oh, I'm dating during quarantine and I'm struggling. I think it's definitely worth asking yourself like, are you in, are you in a headspace where you are ready to be dating? Or are you just like full sending on Tinder and being butthurt about it because you have no idea what you're doing? I have two comments on this. I'm going to itemize my comments. The first one is closure is a bitch because I don't, I personally don't believe you'll ever be able to get the amount of closure you want out of another human being. So it's really difficult because they're never going to give you the answer that you want to hear in order to make you feel like you have full closure. So it's kind of an impossible quest. So that's difficult. Here's the second thing, which is that in order to move on, I think you really, really need to center yourself on what like how they treated you during the breakup because you can learn so much about a person and the person that you were in a relationship for years by the way that they broke up with you like it can be pretty like offensive especially the day of thanksgiving like just think about the kind of person that would do that to you it's like do you want to be with that person because that like if they don't want to be with you first of all like you don't want that person in your life and second of all even though you might be glorifying them and like glamorizing all the aspects of their personality that you love you really need to make a list in your journal of all the things that they did to you that were shitty and all the reasons that they suck um, on both sides. Like I fully support anyone that's done that about me. Like I think that you should do that because it's really the only way you're going to move on is if you realize why they suck, not why you should still stay together. That is perfect advice, I think. Based on the facts provided, which is that this dude broke up with you on Thanksgiving, that alone should just be like, cut it off. No more mm-hmm. no more texting. He's not the leftist himbo dream boy. <laughs> He's no Kronk. He's no Kronk. L- ladies, compare your man to Kronk. Kronk would have brought you a spinach ravioli and would have been done with it. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, I guess so. Simps for Croc is going to be that episode. That is the way to win someone. I just got bumped in the tooth. (laughs) But anyways, so that kind of concludes, I think, all of the questions that we wanted to go through. It's very interesting to kind of look at the different topics, um, which almost entirely pertain to career advice, dating advice, and I guess personal advice, like how to become the main character of your own life. I thought that was a really interesting question. We hear where your heads are at. We see where your minds are at. You are heard and you are valued. Also, Justice, do you have any parting words before you exit the pod? 2020 is a normal year. Don't try to make it normal. You know, go fuck shit up. Wow, I love that. Move to move to rural Montana. <laughs> yeah, like do that. Yeah. You can like remember this year as like the year of the pandemic or you can remember it as like the year I dyed my hair and like moved to Hollywood. You know, it's like what Hell do you want to remember it yeah. for? snaps to that honestly and i witnessed it too and i was super here for it i was like full send either you can be on your real hot girl shit or you can just ride out the pandemic stay up safe to you. but then fuck shit up absolutely thank you justice again at justice tension on socials we'll also put it in the description of the podcast if you want to see hey guys using my influencer voice to do the outro of this video <laughs> <laughs> oh my god go for it <laughs> hey guys it's Catherine. so thank you so much for listening like we know that we've been on a long ass two-year hiatus mm-hmm. like we know and we know how much you guys have wanted it like again number actually one i didn't requested. know you i didn't? actually did. no i it's was all people nag me about ever. i was very surprised because like the podcast market is so saturated there are so many I podcasts know. for you to listen to there's no so reason hard. for you to want to listen to ours but that's why it was so flattering when i posted that we were doing this and people were like yes like my favorite podcast coming back i'm like how could we be their favorite podcast as a person who had a two hour long commute every single day in la it was so hard for me to find a podcast that was kind of on par with what i wanted and that's when i started to kind of be like maybe there was something to a mary berry yeah and that's why we today we did a two hour special yes we did we did one of those combo episodes they do on tv sometimes Mm -hmm. when they smush two episodes together Mm -hmm. i know that you guys have all the time in the world to listen so why not just we wanted to undercommit and over deliver in true sales fashion Mm -hmm. and that's what we did today so if you enjoyed it the most wonderful thing that really makes our hearts sore is when people screen record on spotify or itunes or wherever you're listening like screen record like your favorite like little portion of the pod Mm -hmm. and repost on your instagram story and you can mm-hmm. tag us like Let's do it well 100 repost yeah. like we just love the podcast community we think you guys are so fun yes love you guys thank you so much for watching if you want to follow us again and like if you for some reason like don't know who we are and like want to get the context of like who we what our identities are my handle is at katherout k-a-t-h-e-r-o-u-t yep. and then sarah's is i-o-mu i-o-m-o-o yep. she also has a foodie account yes full send samory yes yeah, that's on her IOMU too, so you yeah, can follow you'll that see it, You'll see it. Anyway, okay. Over and out, I think. Over and out. Bye, Drop guys. the mic. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>